You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. 702 and Cape Talk. The Naked Scientist. And so we're here with the Naked Scientist, Chris Smith, who's back with us this week. By the way, this happens to be my favorite part of the Reddit Clubby show because there's just no question Chris cannot answer. I've got to tell you, when we were preparing for this, I, I sent a question to the producers asking them, do you guys pre-prep Chris and send him all the questions that all the listeners are going to be asking? And then he goes into Google and gets the answers because it's just not possible for someone to have all the answers like this. When I was growing up, my mother used to say to me, anyone who has the answer to everything, una manga. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you'll relate because I think, I think it's sort of the, the environment from within which we come but we have chris uh joining us now chris how you doing i'm very good morning Vizzy. how are you and i I don't have google open and i haven't heard any of the questions (laughs) if anyone is still it's still helpful that this is literally your at home opportunity to phone in live and and ask us what you want to talk about and we'll talk about it good man well from which part of the uk are you by the way chris where are you right now well i'm from cambridge which was one of the few places in the uk that voted against leaving the european union last night um most of the country come out well as i say most or 52 percent ish have voted to leave the european union and 48% voted to stay. Cambridgeshire, which is about 50 mm. miles north of London, mm. was one area in the southeast of England that voted to remain in the EU. Mm. It's just most extraordinary. I mean, I know it's not the subject for our conversation, but it's most extraordinary because nobody expected that this would happen, isn't it, Chris? Well, you say that, but actually you've been having conversations with people for a little while and in many of these sorts of debates and situations you get a clear steer from just speaking to people we know which way it's going to go we we could tell which way people's sentiments were going mm. this one honestly you could pick a person at random off the street and toss a coin in terms of whether or not they were going to say i'm voting to leave or voting to stay mm. so actually it, it was always going to go to the wire mm. and uh, and as late as midnight last night some of the exit polls where they're asking people coming out of polling stations what did you vote for mm. they were really really close if not in favor of the remaining campaign. Mm. I think people are quite sad this morning that David Cameron's going to go because yeah, actually yeah, he's been a very yeah. good leader. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and um, you know, that's not really um, I think his his fault that people have actually exercised a democratic right. He instigated sure. this sure. referendum. But um, it's going to be very interesting days now, I think. It is in the nature of leadership, the collateral damage, isn't it? Very good. So the, the, the science story of the week, uh, Chris, and I'm quite interested on this, is this itchiness of mosquito bites. What can you tell us about this? Well, the the key finding that's being announced this week in the journal Immunity, this is Clive McKimmy and his colleagues from the University of Leeds, is that it's not just when you have a mosquito bite an annoyance if your bite is itchy. Actually, the mosquito is massively increasing the likelihood that you will catch any viruses that it's carrying. Now, what they've done is to use mosquitoes that are biting mice and testing the transmission of a couple of different viruses in these mice. And what they find is that the inflammation in the bite that makes it itchy actually increases the likelihood that you will catch viruses in the mosquito saliva. The way it works, they have discovered, is that the mosquito, when it bites you, injects its saliva. We knew that. It triggers an inflammatory response in the skin, which is what the itchy bump is. That inflammatory response increases the fluid in the tissue, which keeps viruses in the skin for longer, and it recruits out of the bloodstream white blood cells which the virus then infects and amplifies. So what the mosquito effectively is doing is, till, is, is tilling the soil. It's sort of preparing the ground and making it much more likely that if there is a virus coming in with the saliva, 
you will catch it. And in their tests on mice, there were tenfold higher levels of virus in the bloodstream when they had virus introduced in the context of a mosquito bite compared with the same amount of virus introduced into the skin without a mosquito bite or if you blocked the inflammation in the skin that the mosquito bite would cause. So they're saying this might hold the key to coming up with a new way of managing mosquito spread viral infections with mm. some kind of topical ointment you could rub on which would damp down the inflammation in the skin and therefore reduce the risk that you will acquire infections like Zika and like dengue virus. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So we've got callers calling in. Remember, you can call us on 011-883-0702-021-446-0567. If you want to text us your questions, just SMS 31702 or 31567. Our first caller is on the line, Chris, and it's Marianne from Bryanston. Marianne, how do you do? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I've been trying the last three weeks to get through to the Naked Scientist. Um, hi, Chris. I have a question regarding, I understand that um, adults, when they physically smile, there is a knock-on effect in terms of um, happy hormones and um, positive well-being for adults. Does does the same apply for um, little babies when they learn to smile at about six weeks? It's an interesting question. Um, the answer is that we have throughout our brain a network of nerve cells. They're dubbed mirror neurons. And one of the things that we appear to do when we're interpreting how other people feel is that we map onto the same sites in our brain that we use to do various things the visual input from others. So if you look at someone in pain, for example, you will map onto your own brain's pain centres some of those pain signals. So this gives you an insight into how much pain they must be feeling. Similarly, when you look at someone who's happy, you are interpreting their happy face by mapping onto the same centres in your brain that you would activate when you're happy or you smile, those facial features, those visual stimuli, and this enables you to put yourself in their shoes. This theory of mind is, is what sets us apart from any other species. It enables us to anticipate how other people are feeling. Now, that's quite complicated thinking, and it takes a long while for the brain to wire that up. And the one thing we understand about neurological development is that it's prioritised from the time you're conceived so that you wire up the bits of the brain that you need the most first and you defer the maturation of other circuits that are less important to you until you need them. The reason being that we already have a massive head, as most women who've given birth to a baby know, when we're born, and it's at about the limit of how big it can be before it won't get out, a baby can't be born. Therefore, you have to prioritise some things over others, and that's why we do this, and that's why babies are born in a fairly helpless state and we have to look after them, and they then acquire more skills as they grow. Now, when a baby begins to smile at its mother, there's an obvious advantage, and its father, hopefully, there's an obvious (laughs) advantage to this, because that's part of the bonding process, and it's pretty relentless being a new parent. It's knackering, and if you don't get much back, then you begin to ask did I really want to have this child uh, in the middle of the night? And you're thinking, goodness, you know, I've I've had no sleep for X number of days and this is really, really wearing. Uh, But then that smile comes along and you think, oh, yeah, I do love this baby very much, really. And and so I think that certainly that's, that's part of the bonding process. And we're almost certainly doing the same in our mind when they smile at us and they recognize their parents they certainly recognize their mum and they smile therefore the same thing must be happening in them too we also know babies are born recognizing their mum's voice because they've been listening to it for nine months fascinating absolutely fascinating lou from cape from kempton park ian from mondio tom from melville will take you just after this